May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God our Father and from his Son, his only Son, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Sometimes a certain scripture reading seems to happen at just the right time, on just the right Sunday. Two weeks ago, I looked down the road for several weeks and realized that the opening verses of 1 Thessalonians would be read the day after my birthday. It's okay that you don't know or don't care or didn't remember that yesterday was my 68th birthday. But there's another reason why today's epistle seems particularly appropriate to be the reading before us today. There's a lot happening here at Crown of Life right now, and there's a lot of talk about what is happening or what might happen here. That's not bad. The discussing and wondering are not bad, but the uncertainty can make us anxious, and that can make us wobble and can distract us from what holds us together. And by that, I mean how our Lord holds us together. May the Holy Spirit give us expectant hearts and attentive minds this day to ponder the good news in 1 Corinthians in 1 Thessalonians as I am giving thanks for all of you. People God dearly loves. I want to tell you some background about Thessalonica, which is a real place. That city was and still is in the country of Greece. It's situated at the northern end of the Gulf of Thermaikos. It's about 200 miles north of both Athens and Corinth. The Apostle Paul, with his co-worker Silas, visited Thessalonica on his second missionary journey. You can read about their itinerary from the end of Acts chapter 15 through most of chapter 18. Thessalonica is the fifth European city in which Paul preaches the good news of Christ as Savior and Lord. That story's at the beginning of chapter 17. Here's how Luke describes what happens there. As was his custom, on three Sabbath days, Paul reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, This Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women. But not everyone was pleased with Paul's message. The Jews were jealous of his success and raised up a mob to turn the city into an uproar. These kinds of things still happen today. We know that. And they were shouting, these men who have turned the world upside down, and I really love that phrase, they have come to Thessalonica also. It then seems as though Paul and Silas were arrested at the home of a new Christian named Jason. Jason then posts bond for them and promises the authorities that these preachers won't disturb the peace again. Soon after, perhaps that very night, the new believers send Paul and Silas away to the nearby town of Berea. And here, Luke records a very different story. 
The Jews who heard Paul preaching in Berea were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them believed. So much so, later on, that in the 1970s, when I lived in Canada, the small church that began there in a town called Godrich, right on the shores of Lake Huron, described that it described itself and chose the name of Berea by the Water Lutheran Church. But in Berea, in Greece, there was trouble on the horizon. When the Jewish leaders up in Thessalonica heard about the success God's word had down in Berea, they hurried there to stir up the crowds against the proclaimers of Christ. So Paul had to make another quick getaway. He sailed down the Aegean Sea toward Athens. But Paul did not forget the believers in Thessalonica. Think of that. He was there for less than a month, but he still loved them and cared about them. He prayed for them. He heard positive reports of them. Some of those reports certainly came from young Pastor Timothy, who was sent back to check on the visible body of Christ in Thessalonica. And Paul cared so much that he wrote two letters to these Christians, letters that are part of the inspired scriptures. Now I'm going to ask you to either take the white worship folder, the guide, the worship guide, and turn to page five, or take the small worship folder with the picture on front and turn to the back side so that you can look at this reading with me. What Paul wrote to the church, the Thessalonians, because that's what I want to share with the church of the crown of Lyphians. In God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you. I give thanks to God always for all of you. As I remember before our God and Father, your faith and your love and your hope. First, it is God's work of faith in you. As Jesus declares in John 6, the work of God is this, that you believe in the one that he has sent. And as Paul will write to the Corinthian Christians in chapter 12 of his first letter, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the work of the Holy Spirit. Your work of faith and your labor of love is also evidence of God's work in and through you. For we love you love because God first loved us. And hope, your hope is steadfast. It is strong. It lasts. It holds on. It trusts that all that God has said he will do, he will do. Brothers and sisters, loved by God. He has chosen you. This is good news. This is very good news. You are chosen. You are adopted. You are called by name. This is what the gospel does. It changes us by the word proclaimed because God is at work in the power of the living word. God, the Holy Spirit, is at work changing sinners into saints 
the lost into found, enemies into friends, the spiritually dead into the forever living. Here is something more Paul commends the church in Thessalonica for, and for which I give thanks for the church in San Antonio. You are imitators of those who told you the good news, and you are imitators of the Lord, which is high praise. But what does it mean? Christ Jesus showed humility. So do you. Christ Jesus showed servanthood. So do you. Christ Jesus was faithful even when mocked and falsely accused. The Thessalonians were faithful even when the crowd roared against them. And you are faithful. When your family members, when your friends challenge you by asking, do you really take those Bible stories so seriously? And do you really confess your sins every Sunday? Do you really believe that God delivers his gifts through a few splashes of water and a snack of bread and wine? And yes, you say, but the power is in the word. And just as the Thessalonians were example to other believers in Macedonia and Achaia, you are examples to each other and to other Christians near and far by your faithful discipleship, by your care for each other, by your generous stewardship, and yes, by your support and encouragement of your pastor and of his wife. But can it really be said that your faith in God has gone forth everywhere? It can. For you have sent men to the seminary with your prayers and with your gifts. You have sent young women to be Lutheran school teachers and DZEs. You don't hoard your dollars, but gladly share your offerings to support mission work across San Antonio, throughout Texas, around the United States, and in Brazil, and in Kenya, and in the Caribbean, and in Taiwan. Idols tempted and tugged at the Thessalonians, and there are always false gods seducing us, false gods which tell us that we're not really so bad, false gods which claim that we don't need a savior, especially one who suffers and bleeds and dies naked on a cross. But we serve the God who serves us. We serve the living and true God, the God who created and provides for us, the God who took on human flesh to take our place as the payment for sin, the God who endured the cold, dark tomb to defeat cruel and certain death. And we wait. We wait as the Thessalonian believers waited with hope, even as from 2,000 years ago, their souls are now already living in our Lord's glorious presence where their bodies have become dust back in Greece. We wait for them. We wait for the sun from heaven. We wait for the final promise to be kept. 
we wait for certain victory over the wrath of Judgment Day. We wait for the new heavens and the new earth. Sometimes a certain scripture reading happens at just the right time, on just the right Sunday. I needed to read and study and ponder the beginning of Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. And I am convinced that you needed to hear this word of God as a description of who you are in Christ and through Christ and for Christ. For I am giving thanks. I am giving thanks for all of you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.